Welcome back to the Green Element podcast, where we feature business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable. I'm your host, Will Richardson, and I can't wait to meet our guest today and help you on your journey of sustainability. Duncan, welcome to the Green Element podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Duncan, you're from Ethical Goods. Um, could you tell us a bit about your business and um, th- yeah, who you are, please? Thanks, Will. That's very kind. Um, I'm Duncan, as you say, from Ethical Goods. Um, so uh, uh, an introduction to me by, by education and most of my career. Um, I was a humanitarian aid worker um, working for large international NGOs around the world, um, but with a, a prime focus on long-term economic development and recovery. Um, I started Ethical Goods 11 years ago, really as a response to uh, what I could see happening in the third sector, which was um, more competition for finding money to do good with. Um, And we started Ethical Goods really with the the plan A was to create a cause marketing agency, trying to help businesses sell more and do good uh, through aligning themselves with great charities that were doing good out in the world. Brilliant, and we've got we've got a um, someone in common that we both work with, and that's um, Matt from Redbox. Are you? Um, I guess I should have asked you this beforehand, but I was just thinking about it's always good to. Would you be allowed to talk about what it is that you've done for those guys? I'm, I'm pretty certain Matt wouldn't mind. Um, they 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 talk about it a lot, so I, I think that gives me permission. Um, I we... thought that was the case, but then suddenly. <laughs> I'm now going red in my face going, oh, no, have I just put my foot in it? But I haven't, so that's good. <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, it's a really great example of what we do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so j- just a tiny bit of background to, to make the story make sense, I suppose, is that um, when we first started the business 11 years ago, what we were trying to do is help products that were were, were for sale have some kind of ethical aspect to them. So the, our very first product was... Um, a, a bottle of water that when you bought it, uh, there was a charitable donation mechanism that enabled clean water to be provided elsewhere in the world uh, through through a wonderful charity. So for a, on, a, on a bottle of water, 10 pence would disappear and provide clean water elsewhere. That's what we started doing. Um, but off the back of that, when we were when we started to do more of those programs, charities would say to us well what can you tell us about the business um and we hadn't really thought that through um uh, in terms of having done due diligence other than trying to convince businesses that this was the right thing to do so um the first few few deals that we did we spent an inordinate amount of time doing due diligence on the business on its supply chain on the directors on its uh, footprint on um its its values all of those things that make up a good business and it took a few months and a few uh, times of doing that to really f- realize that actually there was a huge amount of, of value in that report that we were producing for the business then, as well as for the charity. Um, so that, that's kind of the backdrop of how we, we got into this. And I was introduced to Matt through a, a, a mutual contact. We'd done a piece of work for a large holiday company. Um, and the, the marketing director of that holiday company had gone freelance and did some work for for Matt at Redbox, and when they were when they were working together and saying, you know, how do we differentiate ourselves in the in the marketplace? 
um, very kindly, the, the, this ex-marketing director of the holiday company said, you should speak to Duncan at Ethical Goods. He always has good ideas around, around this kind of thing. And um, so a conversation started. And through, through exploration, we realized that um, the biggest challenge they faced where they were starting to lose B2B tenders that they would have previously expected to win. And they were losing them because they weren't speaking if I can use the CSR phrase, the, the, the corporate social responsibility language well enough in their tenders. So they were losing out on social impact, on purpose, on green measurements, um, on product lines, on understanding their product lines and the, the supply chain within it. Um, and so we helped them just think through, A, what their purpose was as an organization and what they really believed in as individuals, um, and then B, trying to get their their ship in order um, and so much so that they decided to go down a B Corp journey to really differentiate themselves in their own marketplace. Brilliant, brilliant. And I think that absolutely describes exactly what it is that you guys do. And so going on from that, what would you say your overall purpose is? Um, so I, I think the thing that binds me, my investors, my staff and then my customers together is and I'm always careful in how I say this because I don't want to sound like a raging capitalist because I'm not but it's just a belief that business can be a huge force for good and uh, let me let me try and take that a tiny bit further I don't think you sound like a capitalist that's exactly how I feel so don't yeah that's definitely good that's good well if you if you like I my um, my investors say that they dragged me over to the dark side because if it's in my introduction I explained that uh, the first kind of 15 years of my career I worked within INGOs and had the huge privilege of being welcomed into communities around the world in in the furthest flung places the the some of the poorest places um trying to help people um, have basic human necessities, either post-disaster or long-term poverty issues. And we were trying to, to amend that. But what I found through doing that is whilst there's a huge privilege in being able to give those things in a philanthropic way, actually often what you were doing was just um, coping with the, the, the consequences of poverty. And what I became very interested in was how do you defeat poverty sustainably and out of that came a real realization that what most people who live in poverty want is a chance to be self-sufficient and so business opportunities enterprise entrepreneurialism the chance to earn your own li living and have those dreams and aspirations of just basic things like being able to send your kids to school or clothe your children or very fundamentally at the minute in the news feed your children um is a, is a most people you know 99 of people that i met along the way wanted to be able to do that so i really started to believe in the power of business and enterprise to do good um as well as just not do no harm actually be a massive force for good in society Brilliant, brilliant. And so what would you say your business superpower was? Um, okay, so my, my instant reaction is my team. Um, I've always believed in hiring people that are way better than me, and that, that's not particularly hard. Um, uh, but they, it feels a bit twee to say that. Um, so let, let me take it a tiny bit further. It is my staff, but it's, 
it's the staff's inherent passion and belief in what we do. So the 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 kind of test that we give people when we're when we're hiring isn't please tell us how brilliant you are, please tell us your strengths and weaknesses, please show us your CV. We hire more for their belief in what we're doing than for their aptitude. And I think that that's our superpower, that when you meet someone within ethical goods, you will know that you've met someone that really is passionate about what we're doing. And so we take that superpower a bit further in that we're really careful about what um, contracts we take on. We don't do things just to get paid, just to just to make sure that we can meet the wage bill. We only do things um, that we really care about. And that's not to say we've always done that in the 11 years. We're in the fortunate position now that we can do that. Um, and, you know, it's not that we regret doing the ones that were less what we were interested in. They they often did pay the bill and got us to where we are now. And there's, there's a moment in your business cycle where you have to hustle, I think, um, when you're a startup. But... Um, now we take things that we really care about so when people hire us um, we become card carrying email toting badge wearing massive ambassador fan boys and girls of your business um, or your charity so so the engagement becomes hugely uh, part of what we live and breathe Um, so that that sounds very twee it sounds very pious but um, if I can't speak about my client's business for an hour without saying um uh, uh, uh then i i think i'm probably not the person that should be employed by them okay brilliant yeah that sounds um that sounds great and so how how do you engage your um staff suppliers and customers with your mission and purpose mm, that's good um so i i think um the way we do it is through relationships um so uh, they're, they're probably different. It's different in each of those categories of suppliers, staff, and and customers. Um, so with staff, we don't hire anyone based on, I suppose, the usual. Please send me an application, and we'll have one interview, and we'll make a decision. Um, quite a lot of my team have come through other relationships. So we 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 we've known each other, or I know someone that knows them, and um, they come by referral, and then we get spend time getting to know one another um we will do the normal compare and contrast with uh if there's a call for applications um but it very much comes down to relationships and really as i said before understanding that they they really dig what we're doing so that so that's where staff come in and then there's you know a a strong orientation and everybody gets involved in everything uh, right at the beginning so um, we don't um, just give people the, the kind of sideline jobs to do and let them prove themselves. They, we, we expose them quite quickly to everything we're doing. Um, and I found that to be really useful. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, Will, but we've been hiring people straight out of uni uh, recently, initially as interns and then and then taking them on board. And the value they bring to our business, you know, in a in a in a strange world at the minute where we're not working physically together so they're not learning <laughs> what you would think would be um the, the good things that that someone with experience might pass on what they're actually doing is staying true to their own education and training and belief system and bringing this whole new way of thinking and new thought processes and new skills without kind of being indoctrinated into business as usual they've suddenly just adopted this 
you know, business for transformation idea that they've come with from their university training going, I want to change the world. And they, they, they don't get, um, I expect tarnished by kind of someone like me who's, who's been around the block a few times. They, they just bring this huge enthusiasm and, and they're still doing it, you know, 18 months later, two years later. Um, so, so I, I think that, sorry, that was a long winded way of saying exposure and just letting people run riot on, on, and, and bring, bring their skills to bear um with 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 suppliers um again it's about relationships we 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 want to work with people that have like-minded values and purpose so we try and um develop those relationships understand them kick the tires a bit uh i I believe in the power of a cup of coffee i believe in the power of going for a beer at the end of the day and and uh just building a friendship and, and being in the same space and then that that really rings true then for our customers. So we don't have an office. We don't have. I mean, we all work from our uh, home offices, and we use a a business club, a co working space, I suppose, where where we pile in together. But eighty percent of the time, in normal times, and uh, not in COVID times, we 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 work out of our customers' offices, and we spend time with them. And actually, we we put that in our contract with them that you know if we're going to succeed, we need to be incorporated into the team we need a desk space we need to be there even if it's you know just working not there for meetings just being in the culture and the the uh, the atmosphere of our client that's something we really believe in mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense um i think that's um i think that's such a pertinent thing to do i think it really does help that relationship doesn't it because you're around then when they and it can be that you overhear something that's relatable and you just go oh what's that do you mind sorry i just overheard that do you mind if i just <laughs> ask a question about that please yeah yeah yeah. And they go oh yeah and you're like oh wow and it's something that you would not have known about but absolutely massively need to know about yeah and it, i mean it's water cooler moments isn't it that's what we're all missing out on at the minute but in normal times i think there's something really powerful about that and just building there's something inherently powerful about relationships, about knowing people's names, sharing a cup of tea, you know, or making a cup of tea together or having lunch together, or just, as you say, you know, through osmosis, hearing stuff that help you just build an understanding of the culture of an organization. Um, because one of the things we really believe is that, you know, what w- once you understand your purpose and what the your social environmental focus is it permeates all levels of the organization it's not just the marketing stream you know it's everything it it should be in every decision it should be how you sell yourself how you operate with each other internally it should be about obviously what products you're going to buy what tools you're going to buy how you're going to speak to your customers um which office space you're going to use all of those things that that really matter within an organization and when it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business, what would you say has been your biggest struggle so far? And can you tell us a bit about how you've overcome it? That's a great question, Will. Um, okay, there's, there's um, I always have a picture. I've got a picture. Uh, you can't see it because it's there. Um, <laughs> long-winded answer. And sorry, sorry, again, it's a bit of a story. Um, <laughs> my mum's family... Um, come from the the background to their story is the Bramley apple tree okay so that's 
it's kind of a somewhere along the line our family were involved in the creation of the Bramley apple um and so apples and apple trees are always a picture in my mind and we we've we've uh, we've got one there uh, which which I can see and an apple tree can't pretend to be an orange tree or a lime tree or a uh, a magnolia tree it's an apple tree you could stick magnolias on it you could stick oranges on it but very quickly they'd tarnish and it would look fake and it would look rotten and it wouldn't work so in order to run an ethical business i'll come to the point now it's either authentically who you are or it's not so you can't just invite someone like us in and say yeah yeah we'll fix this for you and we'll be your ethical advisors and we'll pop in once a week and we'll help you write your csr program for your website we'll help you discover your purpose and yeah yeah send over that tender that you do and we'll write the uh, you know the fluffy ethical bit for you people will see through it your suppliers will see through it your customers will see through it your staff will definitely see through it people won't live and breathe it and you won't look like you won't be the ethical company that you want to be and my point is with the the apple tree analogy um and just so you know my um my investors do call me captain analogy sometimes so apologies for that um it it's my dad's a preacher so that might be where it comes from i think i think that's uh you know i've probably picked it up along the way um you know you you have to be you have to be that apple tree you have to you know you have to live and breathe it has to permeate everything you have to really believe in it um as an organization let's go back to matt and redbox the first time i met them they were you know they were just struggling they wanted to be this more ethical organization they were wonderful beautiful set of human beings wanting to do good in the world through their business they didn't want to be um you know a scar on on the planet they wanted to help they were already doing it they were you know they're engaged with a charity that they all felt very passionately about they were engaged in their local community they had a range of products that were the ones they were most proud of that they were kind of had the green element to it um they were planting trees for every meeting that they did you know none of that was stuff we brought they were doing all of that they just hadn't put it together in a in a, a way that really expressed who they were um, and they were struggling to talk about it in an authentic and succinct way um, so so that's where we, we help them so so to answer your question um, the, the biggest struggle is if you don't have stakeholders in your organization who authentically believe in what you're doing and I've been really blessed that my through through serendipity my initial and current investors never put me under that pressure to be anything other than what we were mm-hmm. um we've never been in a position where we had to take suppliers or staff that didn't express who and what we were and you know in the main you know 90% plus of our customers we've we've had the the privilege of you know selecting people that were and co-selecting mutually accepting each other um so i think it comes from that you you have to make sure your stakeholders support what you're doing um otherwise that's the struggle that's where i see struggles is when there's other pressures and i don't have those pressures i'm very fortunate not to have those pressures 
And if you could offer one piece of advice for our listeners, which could help them with their purpose, what would that be? Um, I think it's surround yourself with people that encourage you. I, 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 I've had, I've, you know, we've taken commissions where we've had to work with the existing people that were there who might be more negative about what we're trying to achieve. Maybe old school, been there too long or long in the tooth or, um, just non-believers <laughs> of of the power and of purpose, both socially and environmentally, um, and just focused on the on, on the bottom line, the financial bottom line. Um, and I, my biggest piece of advice is surround you with people that say more often than not, yes, you can. Um, I, there's a there's such power in saying yes. I can always find people that will tell me you can't do it. You'll always find those people. They're really easy to find, actually. Incredibly easy to find. Um, so surround yourself with good people with the right purpose in mind that will say, yes, you can. Because there's huge power in yes, um, particularly in business, particularly in innovation, particularly in striving to be better, to be bigger, to be more impactful, to be uh, you know, the, the change that you want to see in your business or in your life, surround yourself with people that will say, go on then, I, I believe in you. Okay. So going on to your organisation and carbon footprinting, um, have you carbon footprinted your organisation and have you, or would you say it as a benefit? Um, actually, we haven't. Um, so I'm embarrassed to say, I think partly because we, um, the nature of what we do is very much non-travel related. We do very little travel anyway, so it's never been one way. You think, oh gosh, we really ought to reduce the use of our cars or flights or, or whatever it may be. It's um, we we're we're centred in and around London, so public transport tends to be our mode of travel. Most of our customers tend to be in and around London. Um, we, as I say, I, I think the only business equipment we have is is our laptops um and and phones uh we we work from home we we've always had a paperless environment um uh so we we've never done it but i think we probably still should um and your your question i, I saw your question as a, as a in preparation i thought that's embarrassing we really ought to do that um, <laughs> <laughs> um because we do you know we 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 preach it um and, and we go out and 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 you know, point people to people like you um, uh, that, that can help them do that. And we also, we took, uh, we, we learned from what Redbox were doing and we, we joined in the plant a tree idea. So any meeting we have, and we, we've continued it even in the virtual world, actually, we, we thought that was the right thing to do, even though you're not traveling to me and I'm not traveling to you, we still plant a tree for every meeting we, we do. Um, so actually we should do it because I think it would be, in the positive and regenerative rather than neutral or negative. Um, so um, I, I think we probably ought, ought to do that. So um, we, it's funny. we should talk it's funny. about that, Will. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's actually not the reason why we ask it, but um, it's funny. I used to not want to ask that question, if I'm being completely honest, because I didn't want to put someone on the spot hmm. uh, like what I've just done with you mm. uh, where you've gone, Oh no, we haven't. And I really didn't want that to happen. And I would have felt mortified, <laughs> but 
I, I don't, I didn't this time. And, um, and I'm, I'm just think reflecting on why I didn't, because obviously something has changed. And, and we've, I, we were talking about this prior to the podcast about, um, the monumental change that has, um, happened mm. in the past, um, mm. coming up to 12 months now. Yeah. And I think that's, I actually think that's it. I think that because I feel more comfortable with who we are, and this is, this is going to say an awful lot about me, actually. Um, I, because I've been doing this for coming up to 20 years, I was probably seen as a bit of a, um, charlatan, um, when I first started doing it or kind of a, a wacky person that's carbon footprinting organizations. And I would get questions. I would be a bit embarrassed um, when you had dinner parties with people because they'd ask you what you did and they'd be like, really? Okay. That's very worthwhile, isn't it? And then move <laughs> on. And so you would be put down yeah. and um, yeah. I, and so I think that has probably always sat with me and therefore I didn't ever want to make other people mm. feel that way. But obviously something has changed where, I actually didn't feel guilty asking, uh, no. hearing your answer. That's yeah, and I yeah, found yeah. that really interesting. I yeah. just, you know, I think it's, I don't know, it's funny. Well, no, you see, it's, it's, and I'm not embarrassed, I, well, slightly embarrassed, but no, not really embarrassed. You know, where we come from as a, as a well, as an individual, where I come from, um, where we come from as, as a business is, is probably, and this is, you know, more from a social impact point of view um my expertise is not in uh kind of environmental sustainability measuring any of those things i you know we point people to people like you um when when that's an issue for an organization it's not what we go in and and offer we'll we'll point out they might need to do it if we think that their footprint is challenging or um particularly when you know they're being scored on it uh, redbox is a really good example you know they when in in a tender for a large well-known university you know part of the scoring system massively changed in the last few years where you know the the social impact of your organization um the environmental impact of your organization used to be a couple of percent of the score it's now a quarter of the score you know and that's brilliant you know, the world is changing. The world is waking up to, A, the fact that it's a good thing to do, but B, it's the right thing to do. But most importantly, C, we're in dire straits. The world needs um, heroes. It needs hero businesses. It needs hero individuals. You know, you it's so easy. You can just rattle off the challenges that the world is facing. Um you know, it's difficult to watch the news at the minute, particularly before bed, and then go to sleep really easily. You know, it, the world needs both environmental and social heroes. And I think businesses, because we don't have a better option from a sustainability point of view, a well-run business, a successful business that seeks to also be significant from a social environmental point of view, is what the world needs. Um, and 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 i'm i'm hugely passionate about that um so so it comes you know from our point of view it's um probably the reason we haven't thought about it too much is that i don't think our footprint's massive anyway and we are always i come from a social point of view but the biggest threat to social 
justice, social impact currently around the world is the environment. So, um, you know, we, we, we need to we need to get our house in order as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. And can you tell us a bit about how like where we can connect with you and where mm. we can find out more? Sure. So, um, so you know, very easily Google ethical goods, you'll find us. Um, we're, we're currently doing quite well on our uh, being top of the charts on 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 that when you Google that. But it's um, we we uh, you you can find us there. You can find everything that we we do. Um, we we have a number of aspects to the business. One is the one we've been talking about, helping businesses really differentiate themselves in the marketplace by finding their purpose and doing good. Uh, we we offer a free consultation um, where uh, very quickly we'll give you a clear idea of your how you might score in different verticals around your business from a social and uh, ethical and, and environmental point of view. That's a free consultation. We like to do that because we, 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 we think, A, it helps us understand whether we want to work with you or not, um, and B, it helps you understand whether you want to work with us. Uh, then, then if if on that scoring and on our recommendations you decide to to engage us, then um, our process is very clear after that, uh, and it becomes very relational. It's about people, uh, and we send in brilliant people to come and help you develop your your business. We, the other aspects of our business are for charity leaders, um, so we'll come and help charities understand what corporates are looking for and how they might engage with corporates. So there's a consultation process there. Um, and then then finally, we, we do engage in impact investing. So we help businesses get ready for investment. And that's a, another aspect to what we do. But we also help investors find great businesses that they might want to put their money into, um, uh, both here in the UK, uh, social and environmental impact businesses, um, but then also overseas um, th- throughout the world. We, we have, um, through a network that we belong to, have access to some really wonderful impactful businesses that are really changing the world uh, both across uh, both the social and environmental matrix um so come and find us we, we'd love 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 to speak to you brilliant brilliant thanks duncan thank you very much for today and um it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast brilliant thanks will i really appreciate the invite thanks for listening to our sustainable business podcast if you want to learn more about sustainable business and talk to other like-minded professionals, apply to join to our online community at sustainabilitysolve.org. Join now and find a space for you to collaborate, learn and inspire others to become more environmental. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to follow Green Element on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram.